for Larry No Spot. My guest tonight, Jumpin' Josh Flitter. And I'm your host, Larry The Thanks for joining me. Hello, thanks for having me. Of course, a, of course. I, I am. I was just blown away by that intro. I was not expecting that at all. So, oh I love yeah, it. you got to be ready. You got to be ready to be introduced. I'm. I, well, yeah. I, I thankfully I was ready. I just had like a spoonful of peanut butter and I mm-hmm. worked out a little bit and I was ready. But if I wasn't ready, I could see how that would be. A lot. Yeah, you can see how you could be blown away or like in those old Maxwell Maxwell commercials for those tapes, just be blown away on the couch. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking nice. about. Nice. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh, how have you been during lockdown? I, I haven't seen you, I think, since the, probably the last Thursday after class jam. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I've been good, you know. Uh, been, I've been enjoying, when it comes to sports, I've been enjoying the, the comeback of golf. I've been okay. watching a lot of golf. I've been uh, watching some soccer, which is something that I never did in the past. Uh, and and uh, other than that, spending some time with my family in New Jersey and trying to stay healthy. How about you? How are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm keeping up with sports, mostly just through sports podcasts and reading news about like updates of where the league's going, maybe some off-season moves. Uh, I started off watching a lot of like classic games on MSG and NBA TV. And uh, as far as I'm still working, I'm trying to keep healthy as well and keeping my sanity. Good. Yeah, that's what we're all trying to do. We're all trying yeah. to do that, to keep our sanity. Yeah. I was. Doing, I did the same thing. Uh, it's funny you say that, but the, they've been playing so many MSG like classics and just random games. I was never a basketball fan but my dad was a big Knicks fan growing up and uh, they've been playing some old Knicks games. And I was sat and watched a game with him where like Phil Jackson was shooting around. And I think Walt Frazier, like these guys, I sound like a total dork because I don't know anything about the Knicks, but it was cool because my dad was like, Oh, I remember watching these games (laughs) growing up. And like the, the camera looked like it was filmed on like a, you know, iPhone one. Yep. That's That's this. they They had the first iPhone uh, at those Knicks games in the 70s. In the 70s Same quality, yeah. at least. Yeah. I, I watched uh, the game seven of, I think, the 1970 NBA championship. I watched some games from uh, the Rangers' 94 run. Uh, oh, yeah. They've been playing that a lot lately. Because this been. is the 26th anniversary on the... Oh, God, the 14th. Oh, I'm going to make myself sound like such an idiot if it's not the 14th. I think it's the 14th. It's the 26th anniversary. Yeah. All right, I, I won't fact check you. I'll take it as the 14th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was actually... I was at... Um, which, I think it was Game 2 of the Devils series. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that was... I think Matt, I know Matteo obviously had the famous game seven overtime goal, but I think he did in game two as well. If I'm not I don't mistaken. really know uh, the too much of like the full series of those, uh, like that series against the Devils. I just know that they were, I think they were down three, two in the series yeah. and then they won game six. And then obviously game seven, the Matteo goal. Yeah, and game six was um, no, the game Messier. six was the Matt Togol. No, no, game seven was the Matt Togol. Game okay. six was the Messier guarantee game. 
Right, right, right. I get them. I get them flip flopped. Yeah. Uh, my dad. So my dad had season tickets. We have season tickets again, but my dad had season tickets uh, from the late eighties through ninety seven or ninety eight, and he was there for every single playoff game against all the teams, but uh, the Devils and of course the Canucks. But he said that it was almost like a letdown. Not a letdown, but there was like the beating the Devils in that the Matteau game and, and prior to that, the Messier game was like, that felt like the cup. And then it was like, right. then we won the cup. It was yeah. like this big thing, you know, this event. And then it was winning the cup. Uh, but th- he talks about it all the time. And I think a lot of Rangers fans that were there then say that it's like rival, they rival how loud e- each other were. Like it was almost as, as energetic, if not more than the cup games. Yeah, I bet that. I mean, that is true. Um, yeah, and the noise in the crowd would start even during the national anthem, and because of the, all the heroics of coming back against the Devils, and that just seemed like the big hurdle to climb. Uh, and then uh, the Vancouver series went seven games anyway. Yeah. Oh, so yes. Yeah, so that was I just watched recently for the first time. Like watched the full game seven. And uh, I'd seen, you know, growing up being the fan that uh, my dad is and my brother and me, it would just be like, we'd always kind of talk about it. You'd see highlights. You'd see like the Richter save on the Bore shot in the series and all that stuff. But like I sat down and watched the whole thing, uh, just game seven. And it was just like, I would be losing it if they're up. I think they were up three, nothing. And then, uh, if I'm no, it might have been two nothing, and then it was two two, and then three two, or three nothing, and then three two, and the Rangers won three two. Yeah, but I think that's um, right. I think I know it was. It ended up being a one goal game, even though it, they were up for most of it. By yeah, I think they margin. were up three nothing, and then they scored. I think the Canucks scored one at the end of the second, and then one at the beginning of the third, or midway mm-hmm. through the third, or something. And I can just say from like experience of being there, I was there. Uh, the step on goal against, I believe it was the Capitals uh, in, to win her. Oh my God. Now my brother would be beating the crap out of me. <laughs> it, I was there for so many of the games in the past, uh, you know, era, for, like the Lundquist era, we'll call it, um, that I, I mix up which games are which uh, because there were so many. The Rangers were down 3 1 to Pittsburgh and then came back. They were down 3 1 to the Capitals and came back. And there was the San Louis game and then there was. Uh, this it was the San Louis Mother's Day game, and then there was the step on uh, game to win. I wasn't sure if that was, I don't remember if that was to win in game five to then keep the series going, or if that was to win game seven and move on to the next round. I'm like, all the games kind of get jumbled around in my head. But um, where I was going with that mm-hmm. was that uh, uh, I've totally forgotten. I've totally forgotten where that's I was all right. Going with it. Uh, but I mean, you probably know those games better than I do. My, my hockey heyday of fandom was 94, the early nineties. And then even up through like the early two thousands, even where, uh, where the devils were still one of the dominant teams, even though I was always a Ranger fan, but then, yeah. Uh, but mid, mid aughts, like starting in the Lundquist era, I was like more of a casual fan and I was starting to get back into it this year. Uh, until sure. everything oh yeah and then now this happened yeah so yeah no i i those oh sorry I no, 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 those, er, those years in the early 2000s was i so i was born in 94 i am ah. essentially 
Yeah, I am essentially the human uh, equivalent of how long it's been since the Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Because I was born in August of 94, so you can look at me and be like, this is how long it's been. Um, so I, growing up, I was, I was into it, but I was, you know, didn't really know I was nine, 10, uh, in the early two thousands when there was, you know, like Bobby Holik was on the Rangers and, oh, yeah. uh, the fly line, there was flurry Lindros and York and, uh, like goalies were like Mike Dunham and Dan Blackburn and stuff like that. Yeah. And that was like me, like trying to figure it out, but I was eight, nine, 10 years old. And my brother was getting super into it. I really started getting much more into it post lockout uh, when Lundqvist became the goalie and I was, you know, 13, 14 and from then until now. Nice. So that was like about 06. Yeah. Is yes, that? exactly. Yeah. I think the lockout was 0304. 0304. Maybe 0405. 0405. Sure. Damn it. I don't yes, know. It was That's where it's lining up in my head. Uh, no, it was 0405. You're absolutely right. It was 0405. Okay. So, uh, what is what's current? Do you know currently what's the plan? I know they're doing a 24 team tournament, which is awesome. I'm yes. really excited for that. Uh, and it's going to be. Do you know when the start date is? It it's like tentative. Uh, I think I just read something today that was. Uh, they want to start. I think the first game is July 30th, but okay. that's totally tentative, seeing as how if players get the virus and if it spreads i know a couple like 11 players just yeah. uh, uh it came out uh, austin matthews who's one of the top players in the league uh has it and obviously i hope all of them are okay i think most of them don't have severe symptoms or asymptomatic or uh whatever but uh i still hope that everyone you know they're all okay and and we can get some hockey back but uh yeah it's gonna be uh this tournament and then there's like play-in rounds to get into the playoffs so the Rangers are a part of that. Okay. Which is they, so they they have the top 8 teams uh in each conference in both conferences that are in the playoffs as per usual. Um and then it's not in the old conference style where it was like 1 through 8. It was it's now like, you know, each division has one and there's wild cards. But still, the top 8, we'll call it that in each conference, and then they're taking the teams that are I guess 8 total uh, it's 24 is what 16 and then another. So, eight. right. So it's, so it's going to be 12 per conference, right? Yes. And then the top four are kind they get like a buy in each conference. I think they're not doing a buy because it's already taking so much time off. Uh-huh. I think what I was reading is that they're going to do like kind of a round Robin tournament thing to either see who would get home ice advantage because they never finished. Oh yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Year. yeah. Yes, so they would, it, right, yeah. right. So, like, those games are going to be great because it's the top four in each conference playing a round robin against each other just as, like, warm-ups, but also for home ice advantage. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, while that's happening, you're having the other teams, which are the teams that are playing into the playoffs because since the year didn't finish, you know, you never know if the Rangers who are going to play against Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, if, they, if the Rangers could have made a push and Carolina could have fallen out or, uh, you know, whatever other teams there are, uh, they're playing those games to whoever wins those. I think they're three out of fives, okay. which is usually four out of seven. Whoever wins the three out of five series is going to then enter the playoffs, quote With unquote. Those other four teams, uh, yeah, against the other teams, and be kind of the uh, the the de facto like last teams in, right? The like five through eight seed kind of. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, I know they've chosen uh, Las Vegas as one of the cities, right? Yes, I think. Well, I don't think it's been confirmed where the Rangers are playing, but I think that they said that they're supposed to play there. Okay. But I don't know. Yeah. Do, you, do you know what the other city would be? Or have they not announced uh, it yet? They, they haven't said the like the like any of the definite hub cities. I think Las Vegas was confirmed, but they were talking about, uh, I think, Chicago. I think they were talking about, uh, I want to say Toronto or Montreal, which I think would be really tough to make it Canada. Okay. Because you'd want to probably keep all the players relatively close together. And then also crossing the border each time might mm-hmm. be tough with the virus of like, you know, there's going through these rigorous screenings. I feel like all of the hub cities or the two hub cities are probably going to end up, or maybe they'll do four. I don't know, but they might, I think they'll all end up in the United States, but that's just a guess. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could see them doing Toronto or Montreal just because I, I think like those cities are doing well in terms or like have gotten past their peak as far as the virus goes. Uh, Las Vegas seems like it's kind of, Cases are growing there, so yeah, there. I'm not really sure. Uh, the whole yeah. thing makes me very nervous because you know you get these kids, especially because Vegas is you know open essentially, yeah, and you're going to put all of these kids into yeah. empty hotels, especially in the Rangers. There are a ton of young guys. <laughs> they're going to be in these empty hotels. They're going to be like, well, we got the night off. Let's just go downstairs and gamble a little bit, and then you know, uh, hopefully they don't all get each other sick. I know. Um, it's going to yeah, be a lot harder to lock down the bubble in Vegas than in another city, I would think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, the NBA is going to be in, all in Orlando, and uh, a lot of players are voicing concerns now, and Florida cases are blowing up. So, I mean, as a sports fan, I want it to come back, but I, I, I know like if, if players say, if they feel like it's going to be unsafe, they're going to have to cancel the season, which would be unfortunate, well, I- but... Yeah, I worry for guys like uh, Capocacco and the Rangers, who's, mm-hmm. I mean, he's 19, but he has, I think, Crohn's and diabetes. Ah, okay. And uh, those are, I mean, diabetes has been like a, a very high risk category for people right. with COVID. And uh, I know he's in, you know, fantastic shape, but like this kid is, you know, you got to care about his health. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know that uh, John Davidson, the president of the Rangers, they did a... Um, a former uh, analyst with Sam course, Rosen, John yeah. Davison, Sam and JD. Uh, JD did a press conference for season ticket holders. It was a Zoom meeting. So my dad and I popped in and watched it. Nice. And uh, he was talking about how we're aware and uh, the player's health and safety comes first and foremost. We're going to have doctors. Uh, we know Kako has these, uh, I guess, diseases or ailments. Uh, and we're going to make sure that he's healthy 100%. And if doctors say he cannot play, he will not play. Um, mm-hmm. And that's good because, you know, more than anything, I want, you know, you want hockey to come back, but I also want these guys to be healthy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it seems as though the NHL is really uh, aware of it. And at least from the Rangers standpoint, they tell the fans that they're aware of it. And uh, hopefully everything's okay. Yeah. I mean, it seems like their plan as far as testing and containment and, uh, what to do if somebody tests positive. It seems like they're taking all the right precautions, so let's hope it goes well. Um, yep. So to talk about the Rangers, uh, so the interesting thing now is you mentioned that like you started in the Lundqvist era. This is yes. kind of the end of the Lundqvist era. Uh, yes. He, I guess at the beginning of the season, he was still the starting goalie. 
Yes. And now... Uh, yeah, so, well, so last year, in the past few years, he has no doubt declined a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, this is like the hardest thing for me to say ever because a little backstory, Henrik Lundqvist is like my childhood hero. Yeah. This guy is the coolest guy on the planet to me. He is like everything that's awesome about a hockey player, about uh, the work ethic, and also not to mention he's got the coolest hair on the planet. <laughs> he's the best dressed guy in the NHL. Um, and he's amazing. So he still makes these highlight reel saves and there's still the flashes of Henrik Lundqvist in there, but no doubt he's, I believe he's 38 years old Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, goalies players in general, but goalies slow down, you know, your glove isn't as quick as it used to be. And you're dropping your five hole is not as quick as it used to be. You're, uh, covering your five hole. Uh, so he's just, you know, started to teeter. And he's let up a couple of not so wonderful goals that I'm sure he himself would say. And uh, you know, Alexander Georgiev came kind of out of nowhere and became this co-starter. And this was two years ago or last year. And this year it was supposed to kind of be this tandem of Lundqvist and Georgiev. And Igor Shesterkin, who is this kid from the KHL, who, mind you, my brother's friend Jeff is Russian and he's like really into Russian hockey players before they're anybody. And he was like years ago was like, you got to watch out for this kid, Andre Vasilevsky that uh, the lightning just got, he's going to be ridiculous. He's their goalie. He's going to be insane. And of course, Vasilevsky is fantastic. When the Rangers got Shesterkin, he was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. This is going to be, we have the heir to Lundqvist. Is this guy a Rangers fan as well? Oh yeah. Diehard Rangers. Okay. Fan. And, uh, you know, we're sitting here five years ago being like, shut up. You know, Lundqvist is the guy. We don't want to hear about. I mean, I guess it's cool. We know this guy could be the heir, but we'll see what happens. And he lights it up in the KHL and he lights it up in the AHL. And then all of a sudden you get this year where Georgiev is playing. Okay, Lundqvist is not as great as he once was. And the Rangers are in a spot where it's looking like they're probably not going to make the playoffs midway through the year. Mm -hmm. So, hey, why not call up? this heir apparent Igor Shesterkin and see what he can do. And he comes up and he's friggin' lights out. The kid is unbelievable. And he's like 24 or five years old. He looks like Hank. He has all the same mannerisms and goal and he's quick. He's got unbelievable hockey sense. So it pains me to see Lundqvist getting older and I will sob like a child the day he retires, uh-huh. and he will always be my favorite hockey player ever, ever, ever. But it looks like the Rangers did a really good job scouting this kid, and Benoit Lair, the goalie coach, has been doing a fantastic job uh, kind of molding him into what could be uh, an Aaron Rodgers to the Brett Favre kind of situation. Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, Lundqvist, he was kind of, he was there, he's been a Ranger his whole career, the Rangers were on a long playoff drought before he came and then started to be actually a good team once he was there. So I understand like him being a fan favorite. Um, but unfortunately, Father Time is undefeated. And yep. yeah, it's got it's exciting for Shostorkin. Is that how you pronounce it? It's there's a couple of different uh, pronunciations. I think the one that's just sort of like the easy American way of saying uh-huh. it is Shostorkin. Shostorkin. But I think it's yeah, Shostorkin. It's spelled uh, the the like American way that it was changed to is S H E S T E R K I N I think, but 
uh, the Russian spelling is more pronounced like Shestroykin or something like that. Shestroykin. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shest- so he's Shestroykin. <laughs> and he's 24, you said. Uh, 24, 20... 25. Right, I think nice. he's around my age. Yeah. Uh, which is friggin', which is nuts. Like that is so crazy to me. You know, yeah, growing yeah, up, yeah. I, I, all these guys these are were like so much older than me. Heroes. That, yeah. And Connor McDavid is like three years younger than me and he's a better <laughs> athlete. He's better at his job than I'll ever be at anything. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Edmonton will be in the playoffs as well. Right. I mean, they're uh, one of the top. Yeah. Yeah. They're so, one of the yeah. higher seeds in the West, I think. Yeah. Uh, Awesome. I'm going to so, pull up the standings. Yeah. Uh, and I hope, um, you know, I hope for Lundqvist's sake, he's he's okay with, you know, he's accepted this as part of his life and is ready to kind of move on. I know the Rangers were even talking. There was rumor, there were rumors about him possibly being traded because he's in a contract year, right? Yeah. So the tough thing about trading a goalie of that age is that, well, I'll first say this, which is that when they, if, and when they come back from mm-hmm. this break, uh, Lundqvist numbers against Carolina in his career and including this past year have been incredible. He dominates the Carolina hurricanes always has. And, uh, he's been playing a ton in Sweden where the lockdown, uh, measures are not as bad as they are here. Or I guess not as good as they are here. Yeah, right. Um, Whatever but he's been, about. he's yeah, he's been keeping very active and staying in good shape, uh, according to him and, and the trainers and stuff. So it, when, when camp opens up, I say you give a completely fair open, mm-hmm. uh, trial to all three guys and whoever comes out on top should be the starting goalie. And part of me wants it to be, you give, a little bit of an edge to Lundqvist just because he's been the guy and uh, you do it like a last dance, Michael Jordan situation. It's like one last hurrah here. Yeah. I like that because he's, he's not going to be on the Rangers next year unless he like signs like a short term. The the hope for Rangers fans is that he signs like a one year deal Mm -hmm. where he just says, I'm going to, I'm going to be the the backup slash split games with Shesterkin guy. Hopefully they trade Georgiev because he's good and he could get something solid in return. And Hank kind of helps mold Shesterkin into the next guy. And he ends his career as a New York Ranger where he began. And hopefully this year and maybe next year, the Rangers have this unbelievable young team that could get a shot at potentially being making a run in the playoffs. And if you... You at this age, the thing is, if you're 39 or 40, you it's not like you're going to go to a team to be the starting goalie and you're going to win a Stanley Cup on that team, right? Um, which that I guess team is why, which is also why it was so hard for them to trade him this during the trade exactly. deadline this year. Yes, yeah. yeah. To go back to that question, it's it's what team is looking for a goalie? I mean, there was uh, Vancouver who they have a goalie. I guess he's been pretty good. But, uh, you know, getting a guy like Lundqvist that could totally give you like a secure back end there. I I don't know. It's just tough. It's tough to trade a goalie in general. But that of that age, you know, the the idea is that we hope that he he stays and uh, is a part of the team to help them in the in the transition period uh, and hopefully gets to be a part of a team that wins a cup in the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, even if it's as a backup goalie, they'll, they'll make sure that he gets all the praise that he deserves for all the things that he's done for the team. Absolutely. 
Um, so that, I mean, that uh, gets into the next part about the Rangers is how they are this really fun young team with a lot of young talent. Um, so let's talk about some of the, the skaters on the team. There's, there's Kako, right? He's a rookie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. So a year ago yesterday, I was in Vancouver oh, wow. for the draft. Me and my friends went to Vancouver to watch because so when they did the draft lottery, uh, the Rangers got the second overall pick. We were in a bar and we were going insane and we were like, ha let's go to Vancouver. So Vancouver we was like, where the actual draft happens. Yes. Well, uh, just that that year. It happens in a yeah, different yeah. place. every okay. year. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we were like, ha let's go to Vancouver. And then we were like, let's go to Vancouver. <laughs> so we bought the plane tickets. We made reservations in Seattle and then Vancouver. And we made a fun trip out of it. And we were there. Uh, I'd never been. I've been to Vancouver before. I'd never been to Seattle. So I got to do a little West Coast uh, Pacific Northwest trip. And it was beautiful. And we got to watch the Rangers draft. Hopefully uh, this kid that can become a... Uh, I guess what's the term? A uh, the a prodigal son uh, that mm-hmm. the Rangers, yeah, have the, had never had. Yeah. They never had a top the savior, three pick. The Messiah. <laughs> yes, yes, and uh, uh, so he got drafted, and and he had an okay year. Granted, he was 18, 19 years old. It's very tough to just sort of come over from, especially the Swedish Hockey League, or not the uh, sorry, the Finnish Hockey League to come over here. And just sort of, sort of like light it up immediately. Uh, but he had flashes of unbelievable talent and uh, looked fantastic at points, but also looked lost, uh, which is totally fine. And that's what you want out of a kid that's 19 years old is to adjust to the game in uh, North America and figure it out and uh, eventually get better. But yeah, really good, fun young team. Mika Zibanejad is awesome. Mm-hmm. Chris Kreider is awesome. We'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's okay. Let's talk about Zibanejad. Uh, and help me with my pronunciation here. Yeah, it's just Mika Zibanejad. That's Mika all. Zibanejad. Right. Zibanejad, he has. Yeah. He's their leading scorer, correct? Yes. Well, uh, I think Panarin. Ah. Ended up with more points. Yeah, Panarin ended up with more points. Uh, of course, because Zibanejad got hurt. But Zibanejad had in the games that he played this year, especially when he came back from injury, was it was insane. The guy was putting up what would be like top three, oops, top three players in the NHL numbers. Yeah. Or like top five. I mean, I saw he uh, had, uh, he's he currently, I think is at 41 goals for the season. Yeah. Which is and a lot in a full season without getting injured. Yeah. And he had 41 goals in, I'm not sure if you have it, uh, but uh, however many games that was like less than everyone else because he was out for a little bit. It, even if it's something like 60-something games, I think, where everyone else got to play 70-something. He's played mm-hmm. 10 less games and finished top five in goals or top 10 in goals, which is insane. The kid, the Rangers traded for him. They traded Derek Broussard for him, who was kind of like a solid a second-line center uh, for this kid who was putting up similar numbers. But Ottawa at the time, when they made the trade felt that they were in a better position to make a run for the cup. And they were like, we need a a solid, uh, like 50, you know, upside 50, 60 point guy Mm -hmm. that can just sort of be a, a, a solid center for the team. And they got him, and they traded this kid who was putting up similar numbers. It was like five years younger. And the Rangers ended up just shellacking 
the Ottawa Senators yeah. and getting one of the best players right now in the entire NHL. That's a steal. Yeah, I'm looking at his stats right now. Uh, 57 games played, 41 Gee. goals, 34 assists uh, for 75 points. Panarin right, has 95 points, uh, 32 goals, 63 assists. Yeah. Yeah. Tavs Benjad and uh, Panarin. Um, and who uh, you mentioned, Kreider. Oh, Kreider, I remember, came up with the Rangers in, yes. in around like the late 2000s. Yeah, he came up. He actually came up, hmm, I want to say, in the. He came up in the playoffs. I think someone got hurt and he was brought up in the playoffs, right. if I remember correctly. And I think it was the uh, 11-12 season. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It says it looks like his... Against um, the Devils, where they lost in the conference final to the Devils. I think he came up that year. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I look at his playoff stats, yes, 11-12. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he was uh, out the gate. He was really... The kid is a... a, I keep saying kid. Some of these guys are older than me. But... uh, He's an absolute beast of a human being. Uh-huh. There's no one they talk about it on the Rangers. He's like, he's humongous and he's a freak. Like he works out harder than anybody. He's just like one of these guys that just is fueled by passion and rage. Just like when he's <laughs> playing the game, that's just like Dennis from uh, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where he's just like, yeah, my rage knows no bounds. <laughs> he's just like absolutely am- madman on the ice so is he um is he uh a, a would you say a power forward yeah yes uh yeah very much so he uh is a guy he's physical he can throw big huge hits but he's also lightning fast he's got crazy speed he might be the fastest guy in the rangers well at least he was a couple of years ago i don't know if he still is anymore but uh but he's got moves he's got a great shot uh, and he's just got he's good got good leadership skills. Uh, they just Rangers just signed him to an extension this year. Oh, nice! And the thought is that uh, he and Zabanajad have sort of taken. Rangers don't have a captain right now. Okay, they traded McDonough. Okay, was that and that trade was this year this season? No, McDonough was last season. Okay, or two seasons ago. Oh, interesting. See, and they never they all never kind of. Uh, they never replaced him as a cat never replaced him with a new captain. No, because there was no like de facto guy mm. yet. Uh, there's still a lot of young guys in the team. And it was sort of like, let's let the players kind of figure it out themselves. Yeah, I like that. And yeah. And I think for the time being, Lundquist, because goalies can't be the captain, which I is see. kind of the weirdest rule. But uh, I think he's sort of the guy or had been for years anyway. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of great leadership in the room, though. Jesper Faust, who's a guy that's never been, like, an elite goal scorer or point scorer, but he's a really good uh, role player. He's got an A on the team. Uh, Mark Stahl, who's been around there forever. All right. Uh, stay-at-home defenseman, he's got an A. Kreider's got an A, and Zbanejad has an A, and there might be another one. No, I think there's just four, two home and two away. But uh, I think that... Kreider is a Banajad. One of them is eventually going to get the C, and that's sort of like what's been happening. Uh, they're sort of rising up together as these uh, veteran leaders in the room, even though they're like 26 years old. Right. Which is awesome because these guys could be the leaders of this team, which hopefully could be uh, 
you know, I'm just, I'm just, just talking right now, like hoping bit. to God, but it could be a dynasty. <laughs> they like that's the dream for any fan is that like the team has like a bunch of young talent and they all come up together and bloom together, and it's just like this core that you have that you could just like watch for years as maybe even a dynasty. So who? What is the uh, the top line for the Rangers? Uh oh, man! Now I'm gonna be I'm gonna look like an idiot here. Uh, I believe so. It, it's sort of weird because mm-hmm. the lines get shifted around a lot. But Zabanajad uh plays with Kreider and Buchnevich sometimes, and sometimes they'll push Kako up there and see what he can do. Or sometimes, uh, y- you know, we'll get Strom with Panarin who's on the second line, but that's sort of like a top line because of how mm-hmm. good Panarin is. So it's sort of this weird, uh, for the, the lines in the NHL sort of aren't what they used to be. I feel like okay. I, I know, like if you play, you know, in the old NHL games, sure. you would get like, you know, the top line would be this set in stone line. I mean, I remember even like, Oh, four or no, five Oh six. You had, uh, like Nylander with Straka and Yager. And that was like the line. Um, but I think now, especially with the young team, they're sort of finding that chemistry still. So you'll get Zabanajad playing with Kreider. They play really well together and Buchnevich, but then Buch might not have a great game and you'll see, uh, Kako get bumped up or Heedle, uh, is the third line center, but maybe he'll get bumped up and, you know, play with Panarin for a couple plays or something and Strom will play with Kreider I you know it'll it'll just kind of shift around yeah so yeah uh I'm loving all this analysis by the way uh okay (laughs) so uh let's talk about a potential first round matchup with Carolina if we're calling that the first round or the play-in matchup um so Carolina would be the five seed if things ended today or the six seed maybe uh I think they're the six and Rangers are 11 okay I think so Uh, what, how good is Carolina? Are they, are they beatable? So Carolina has a good young team. Uh, they had a lot of injuries this year. And I think that's part of why the Rangers were able to beat them both times they played them. Not saying that the Rangers couldn't be a better team and weren't playing better, whatever. Um, but the Hurricanes have a really good young team. Their goalie, whose name is slipping my mind right now, was hurt. And he is coming back. He will be coming um, back. Yeah. Uh, they have Sveshnikov, I believe, who is a really, really great. He's just fantastic. They're a good team. They're a good team, and there's no way around it. It's just that I think there's this bias that Rangers fans have where they're like, oh, it's Carolina. Carolina can't beat the Rangers. They're never going right. to beat the Rangers because uh, the Rangers always kick Carolina's ass. And you know what? I think... Carolina, even though they're the higher seed, are sort of looked at uh, as the underdog in this uh, matchup because I think around the NHL, everyone's saying, well, the Rangers have like the best young core in the NHL of these guys that, you know, we're super excited to watch. They have one of the most fun young teams in the league. And I think part of what makes them so fun is that they don't, you don't really know what's going to happen. So uh, when they're on, they're amazing, but they could still play like a bunch of rookies and be idiots out there. So I think Carolina knows that and they're going to be coming in hot. And um, I think that it's going to be a really fun series, 
But uh, I think the Rangers are going to win, but mm-hmm. that's just me. I don't know. I, yeah. you know. Well, either we're going to get good goaltending by Igor or uh, Henrik's last last dance in dominate yeah. Carolina one more time. It just, it, look, I, 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 I don't want this ever coming back to like bite me in the ass because I'm a diehard Rangers fan, but just Alexander Georgiev is a good guy. He's just not the guy. Henrik yeah. Lundqvist is the goalie. And Igor Shesterkin is the next goalie. Georgiev, right. I like you. You're a good guy, but I'm sure you're. A, I'm sure you're like the nicest guy on the planet. But as a fan, I want either Lundqvist or Shesterkin in net. If they put Georgiev in there, I'm going to be like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be the least popular option. And, yes, and I, I like what you said about trading Georgiev because if they could get value for him, that seems like a trade worth making. So that it is yeah. Shesterkin and and Lundqvist next year. Yeah, uh, it is. It is nice to see a New York team that is well, that has like a front office that is doing a good job, and that's what yeah. John Davidson seems to be doing. Uh, yeah. Is is Glenn Sather still there? So he, I believe, he's still there as sort of like a you know overseer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he's taken. He's no longer the GM. The GM is Jeff Gorton, not Gordon, not like the NASCAR <laughs> driver. Jeff Gorton, Gorton. and uh, he was sort of being groomed by Sather for years, and has taken over and done a fantastic job, mm-hmm. and was sort of looked at as the bad guy for a little bit when he took over because. Uh, he was like, look, the Rangers are entering a rebuild. Yeah. And all the fans were in denial. I mean, we just <laughs> be honest, they were just in denial. They were like, no, this team still got it. And he's like, the window is closing. So if we trade these guys that you love, we're going to trade Zuccarello. We're going to trade McDonough. We're going to, uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Why am I totally blanking on people? Uh, uh, Brady Shea this year. Uh, these guys that have been sort of like these New York Rangers uh, to advance the rebuild, get, oh, Rick Nash, uh, and get picks back and prospects, we're going to shorten this rebuild so that way you have an even better team with an unbelievable prospect pool. And the couple of years will suck, but it's better than having five or six years that are terrible and then trying to figure it out from there. It's going to be a couple of years that are going to suck, but then it's going to be really fun because you're going to get these. You're going to get these really young guys that are going to be great, and this prospect pool that's going to be great. The Rangers have like the highest rated prospect pool in the league, even aside from all the guys that have already made the NHL. Oh, so still guys in the is it the KHL or the AHL? It's all yeah, all over the place. Some yeah. guys still in college. I mean, uh, Keandre Miller, who's or Keandre Miller, I believe. Uh, is this like looked at as like the next like best puck moving defenseman like shooter that's he's going to be he's supposed to be amazing. I believe he played in Wisconsin. Uh, he's only like 22 and he's being looked at as like he's going to be the guy like this this defenseman that's going to like be the, the best defenseman, best scoring defenseman like a Carlson or a Seth Jones oh, wow. in the NHL. Um, they have Kravtsov, who's still playing in, I believe, the KHL. He came over and played for the Wolfpack this year and then went back to the KHL, I think. Uh, they have uh, Niels Lundqvist, I think is how his name is pronounced. I think he's also a defenseman. They have a guy with the last name of Lindquist. Uh, <laughs> they have um, this kid, uh, Lori Pioniemi, 
who is playing for the same team that Capo Kako played for and putting up similar, mm-hmm. if not better, numbers. Back in, in like Finland. Finland. Okay. Yeah. So it's it, this pool that they have of players that haven't even made it to the NHL yet is being looked at as like the best in the league. Uh, so the Rangers are set up for success for hopefully the next 10 years. And I would just, it would make me, nothing in the world would make yeah. me happier than seeing not just one, but multiple Stanley Cups for the New York Rangers. And yeah, the front office has been great. It's been Gordon. Uh, it's been Chris Drury, who who was a Rangers captain at one point. Yeah, I he's remember now, him. Yeah, he's now back as working as, a, I don't know what, but in the front office. And John Davidson is the president. So good front office. Yeah, and, sounds like uh, it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, I think, like a good GM. What they got to do is just really be able to honestly and objectively look at the team and know how good they are and know where they are in their life cycle and to realize, yeah. okay, we're at the end of this first life cycle as a team and we shouldn't hang on to it. We should rebuild uh, despite a lot of fans hating that. And it seems like it was the right decision. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but it, you know, it's tough because these guys become such staples. Yeah. It sounds like I'm going to cry, but I'm actually going to burp. No, excuse me. You these guys become away. such staples of the team and the fans are, you know, they look at these guys as more than just players in a team. They look at them as like, you know, these feel like kids that we've watched grow up or, uh, you know, that so many kids idolize. So as someone like Zuccarello, when the Rangers traded Zuccarello, it was horrible because he was a guy that was just like, he felt like he was everything about being a Ranger. He -hmm. was just this kid that worked his ass off and he was small and he was feisty and he, you know, beat all the odds and, and became a really good player in the NHL. So uh, moving him was tough and Girardi was tough because he was like everything about being a Ranger. There's this mindset of being a New York Ranger. That's, you know, it's this honor, it's this badge that you wear. So um, losing guys like that uh, was really tough for the fans, but, uh, I think this next pool of players uh, is going to be even better. So yeah, it's a lot of talent I'm there. Yeah. Um. All right, Josh. Anything you'd like to plug before we <laughs> get on out of here? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you could find me on Twitter at Flitter, which is my last Ooh. name. Uh, yeah, Flitter just F L I T T E R. And then uh, I'm on Instagram at Flitstagram. I could do this all day. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah, and also just if you're interested in sports, uh, if you're interested in hockey and you never really watched it before, watch this uh, tournament. It's going to be so much fun, uh, and it's going to be really high intensity. And and you know, if you want to pick a team, pick the New York Rangers. Yeah, they're going to be a really fun team to watch for the next See, ten years, and hopefully even further than that. That's so, the best plug. The Rangers. New York Rangers. Yes, plug the, the New Rangers. York Rangers. I'm I'm looking forward to this tournament. Um. I'd love to talk to you again as as we get closer to it. And absolutely, I'd love to come on and and uh, you know if as we get closer, if or during it, if if the Rangers make a little run, uh, hopefully, knock on wood, I'll yeah, come back and talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. All right, thanks, Josh. Uh, I of course am at Larry the Athlete on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Bumble, LinkedIn, uh, Safari, whatever. Uh, please subscribe on whatever podcasts app you listen to, and may all your dreams be hoop dreams. Good night.